I chose that hymn we just sang because it reminds us that we have more in common with other people. Even those that we fear or those that we are opposed to, we have more in common with them than what separates us. I have to believe that. I have to believe that almost everyone longs for peace and for freedom, wants to leave the world a little better than they found it, and certainly wants a better world for their children. That other hearts in other lands are beating with hopes and dreams as true and high as mine. On this weekend, when our nation celebrates the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr., when we remember his life and ministry and how he called our nation to change, to live out the words and values that we proclaim, when we remember how he inspired so many people, how he walked with the poor and the outcast, how he and others in the struggle were beaten and jailed, how he and others gave up their lives in the struggle. We must ask ourselves, how am I going to live up to that legacy? You must be wondering about this week, that this weekend, right? Asking, what am I called to do in these days? What kind of difference will I make in my life? What kind of difference might we in this com church community make while we are here? And there's a danger in this, of course, of making Dr. King larger than life putting him on so high a pedestal, we see him as a superhero and someone we could never hope to emulate. Especially in these last weeks, I've been thinking a lot of Congressman John Lewis, another lion of courage, who as a young man was beaten almost to death on the march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. And he went on to be elected to Congress, where he's served now for over 30 years. Not long ago, John Lewis announced that he has stage four pancreatic cancer. And when that news went out, it was like a wave of sorrow went across our land. John Lewis is a hero too, of course. And he's one of our out front leaders this beautiful voice that reflects his life and his struggles. As a child, he says he wanted to be a preacher. And he says that he and his brothers and sisters and cousins, they would gather up the chickens in the chicken yard on the little farm they lived in. And he said, I would start preaching to those chickens. But he admits they never quite said amen. So John Lewis, he has courage, and he has speaking skills, but 
if he were here, I think he would tell us that he is nothing special. He would echo Martin Luther King's words, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't need to have a college degree to serve. You don't even make, have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, he said, a soul generated by love. In this month, when we're thinking about power, and on this day when we remember and honor Martin Luther King Jr. and the Civil Rights Movement, my message to you is this, that you have more power than you know. That there is a power that we have collectively as people that can overcome structures of oppression and a stagnant status quo. Do you remember the words that Bobby Kennedy said back in 1966? This is what he was talking about. He said, it is from numberless diverse acts of courage and belief that human history is shaped. Each time a person stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others or strikes out against injustice, they send forth a tiny ripple of hope. And crossing each other from a million different centers of energy and daring, those ripples build a current which can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. The thing is, our individual acts get multiplied and amplified when we join with others. And this is especially true, isn't it, when we are physically together. I know there are some good things about the internet and social media, and that those tools can help people connect and share information. But aren't you also aware of how much misinformation there is out there? To say nothing of hatred and vitriol. These tools have been misused and divisive, and I fear that these days they are leading too many of us to withdraw and retreat into our own safe enclaves that are mostly populated by like-minded people, whether physical or virtual. Sometimes I add my name to those online petitions, but I really don't think they're going to make much of a difference other than add me to one more email list. And does anyone still think that sharing your political views on Facebook is actually going to change anybody else's mind? Particularly those who hold different views than you do? No. What we need these days is more face-to-face -face interactions. Whether in church or in civic groups or in politics or just on the street with our neighbors, on the bus, in the workplace. Because we have to somehow get past the name-calling 
and the character assassination and find ways to connect across this growing divide in our country. We need to get better at showing up. There was a moving gospel Shabbat service at Temple Emmanuel on Friday night. Especially important this year when anti-Semitism in our country is on the rise. There was great music and powerful speaking, among others from the temporal's spiritual leader, Cantor Vera Brookhuysen, and an amazing sermon by Pastor Kenneth Young from Calvary. And it was moving to see so many people from different communities and different parts of our city there. And I'm grateful to those of you who came. Martin Luther King weekend is a busy weekend around here. And those of you who have gone know that that service at the temple, it's long. Which reminds me of a Friday a few years ago. I was at home and aware that it was a busy weekend and I was feeling kind of tired and a little worn out. And I was wondering out loud if maybe this year could I get out of going? Would anybody notice if I didn't show up? And our teenage daughter, she was in high school at the time, she overheard me. And she spoke up and she said, you should go. It's the right thing to do. And she was right. In other words, she was saying, stop your complaining and get out of here and go do the right thing. Anybody else need to hear that sometimes? Stop your complaining and go do the right thing. The older I get, the less patient I am with words. And I'm a preacher. Words is mostly what I've got. But you know, it's so easy to say, I'll try to show up. I'll make it if I can. Which I'm starting to realize is a soft way of saying no, without actually saying that truth. More and more, I'm paying attention not to what people say, but what they do. As the poet Julia Kasdorf writes, I learned that whatever we say means nothing. What anyone will remember is that we came. There's a scene in the Star Wars movie, The Empire Strikes Back. Master Yoda is trying to teach a young Luke Skywalker how to be a grown-up, how to have courage and wisdom and resolve, how to stop being so passive and so daunted by what seems difficult. And after receiving some of this from his teacher, young Luke shrugs his shoulders half-heartedly and says, all right, I'll give it a try. And this seems to make Yoda mad. And he snaps back in these famous words, no, try not. Do 
or do not, there is no try. For our church Facebook page this week, I put up a picture of the 50th anniversary of the march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma. And in this beautiful picture that does make me a little nostalgic, you see the leaders up front, President Obama arm in arm with Congressman John Lewis, and then members of the Obama family, several people who were in that original march 50 years before now in wheelchairs. President George W. Bush was in that line as well. But what, if you look at that picture, what I want to call attention to and what I want you to notice is the people behind that front row. There are thousands of people pressing forward behind that line of leaders. And you know, we don't always get to see this, but they are always there. You see the identified leaders on TV often standing up behind a podium with a seal on it or something and surrounded by a bunch of people who agree with them, standing behind them. But where the power those leaders have comes from is from the people. It comes from you. That's where their power comes from. And if our leaders have gotten out of line, have lost track of who they are and who they are called to serve, then it's on you and it's on me to call them to account. Do you ever think, but what good can my little voice do? What kind of power do I have? I wonder if John Lewis ever said that. Listen to what he said not long ago in a radio interview. We grew up very, very poor. Six brothers, three sisters, wonderful mother, wonderful father, wonderful grandparents. But growing up as a child, I saw segregation and racial discrimination, and I didn't like it. And I would ask my mother and my father, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, why? And they would say, that's the way it is. Don't get in the way. Don't get in trouble. But attending church, he says, and attending Sunday school, reading the Bible, the teaching of the great teacher, and being deeply influenced by what I saw all around me, It was this belief that somehow and some way things were going to get better, that you had to have this sense of hope, a sense of optimism, and have faith. And he says, one day in 1955, at the age of 15, I heard of Rosa Parks. I heard the words of Martin Luther King Jr. on the radio, and he was talking and preaching about nonviolence, about peace, about reconciliation, about the ability to change things. And he was a preacher, and I wanted to be a preacher as a young child. And I had this sense that if I believed, if I had faith in my own capacity and ability to get things done, I, too, could change things. Isn't this kind of faith what is sorely in need right now. 
The faith that when things are hard and discouraging, we don't give up, we do not even see giving up as an option. But we hold on to our deepest values and we keep on moving forward, joining hands with others to get things done and make things better. John Lewis is the only surviving member of the group of leaders who spoke at the March on Washington in 1963 when Martin Luther King gave his famous I Have a Dream speech. And he tells a story about that day. He said on that day there were going to be more black people coming to Washington, more people of color in that city than it had ever seen. And so the elected leaders, they were nervous. And so to assuage this, the leaders of the march that morning, they went up to Capitol Hill, John Lewis says, to allay their representatives' fears. Lewis writes, there was great concern about keeping order and peace during the march. But when our quick series of meetings with the House and Senate leaders were over, something amazing happened. We stepped outside the congressional buildings into the light of day and saw thousands in the streets. The people had started the march without us. They had heard the call to nonviolent action. They had taken the reins and were on the move together, peacefully making their point. We were technically the leaders, but our duty at that moment was to follow. The people were marching to the voice of one spirit that was uniting them to work for change through the power of peace, and I could not have been more proud. And so I say thank God for the social movements which have sprung up and through struggle and toil and faith changed our country for the better. Thank God for so many people whose names we will never know, who marched together and sat down together and sang together calling for a new way. Any effective movement is people-powered. It's good and right that we should celebrate heroes like John Lewis and Martin Luther King Jr. But they would tell us that their power came from their faith and from the legions of good people who had their back, who were marching behind them and praying for them and pushing them and carrying them forward, who kept them moving forward. So let us make that our prayer. Going to keep on moving forward, never turning back, never turning back. Amen.